In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today in our fourth homily in our series on the National Eucharistic Revival, we meditate on the importance of making an act of thanksgiving after receive the, receiving the most blessed sacrament. Ecce agnus Dei, behold the Lamb of God. Every Mass we hear these words as the priest holds up the blessed sacrament. As Catholics, we believe that what we receive in Holy Communion is the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord. But how often do we allow that reality to permeate us, to fill us completely, body and soul? How often do we lose sight of the great gift we have received? Therein lies the price of familiarity, the cost of having access to the greatest treasure in heaven or earth on a daily basis. As G.K. Chesterton puts it, the things we see every day are the things we never see at all. So at Mass, we may find ourselves going through the motions, inadvertently losing sight of what is going on beyond the sacramental veil, coming forward and receiving, but forgetting that what we have received is not ordinary bread, but rather the bread of life. I mention this not as an admonition to you, but as a confession. I often find myself distracted by my other duties after Mass, by the desire to finish everything and head out to the plaza, that I lose sight of the fact that I have received Christ and that Christ is still present within me, not in an abstract or figurative sense, but in a real physical sense. So the first step in understanding the importance of making a thanksgiving after communion is reawakening our intellect and soul to what, or better yet, who we are receiving in the most blessed sacrament. In the blessed sacrament, we receive the very same word of God who created the world and all that is in it, every star, every planet. The very same word of God who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. The very same Christ that was made incarnate and walked upon the earth and healed the lame and the blind. The very same Jesus that hung upon the cross for you. He is here and he wants to commune with you. We read in the Gospels about how Christ, during his earthly ministry, would be surrounded by crowds, how people would climb to the top of a building and come in through the roof just to be close to him, how people would push and squeeze just to get close enough to touch the hem of his cloak. If we lived in first century Galilee, would we not be joining the crowds and struggling to reach Christ? Would we not consider it to be the greatest of gifts to see him, to hear him, to come within his gaze and see his eyes look into yours? And yet that is what Christ offers us in the blessed sacrament. He comes to be with us and dwell within our hearts in a mystical and incredibly real way. Father Michael Mueller a redemptorist priest writes in his beautiful work, The Blessed Sacrament, Our Greatest Treasure, this presence, this union 
when we receive the Blessed Sacrament, is so intimate. It's more like the incarnation of the eternal Son of God in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary than anything else. Surely, this greatest of gifts calls for the greatest of thanks. So how do we make an act of thanksgiving? Although he acknowledges that there is no one correct way to make an act of thanksgiving, Father Mueller has a number of suggestions. First, we should complete the union that Christ has begun by coming to us in the bread of heaven. Christ comes to us as friend and bridegroom. He comes to us with a most pure and perfect love. The only thing that he wants in return is our hearts. After Mass, we should come to him and approach him while he is still in our hearts and marvel at this great love, the love that caused the great all-powerful, all-knowing God to come to be with us in the form of bread to, stay, to spend time with us. But marveling at this love is not enough. We should return his love with ours. We should tell our Lord about our struggles and worries, our wishes and hopes, and most importantly, offer ourselves to God. As Father Mueller puts it, offer yourself to be disposed as he pleases, to receive indifferently at his hand, bitter and sweet, to serve him with all the fervor that you can, to avoid sin and to lead a Christian life. Do this, and then your communion will really be a communion, that is to say, a union with God. Second, we should petition our Lord for the grace that we need to live out our Christian vocation, to do what we have just committed to doing. Some of you may be like me, Sometimes it feels like for every two steps we take forward in our spiritual lives, we take one back. We may feel like we can never be a great saint like Paul or Augustine. But remember this, the same God that changed Paul's heart on the road to Damascus, the same God that gave Augustine the grace to turn away from his life of sin is the same God whom you meet in communion. He desires to give us the grace that we need to be saints. We need only ask. And what better time to do it than when he is enthroned within us. Lastly, we should praise our God for this great gift that he gives us at every Mass. If we truly understand what a Eucharist is, we should leap up with joy and rejoice our God has come down to his people to be with us. So how do we voice this praise? Well, if Father Mueller is correct, and our union with Christ in the Eucharist is more like the incarnation than anything else, then perhaps the best way to, pray, to praise God and put it into words is to follow the example of our Blessed Mother and proclaim her beautiful hymn of praise the Magnificat. 
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. One of my favorite paintings is The Light of Christ by the late 19th century English artist William Holman Hunt. Hunt actually painted the same work three separate times. And the last one, which can be found in one of the side chapels of St. Paul's in London, is my favorite. The painting, which is reproduced in today's bulletin, shows Christ at dusk in a garden holding a lantern. With his hand, he knocks on a door covered in brambles. The door has no outer handle, for it can only be opened from the inside. It can only be opened by us. I invite all of you to see in this painting the reality of what we are about to receive. Christ awaits us in the Eucharist. We need only open the door. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.